Hello and welcome to Students of the Earth. I am your host, Juliano Montañez. I started this podcast because I wanted to create a community where people like myself can learn about all the amazing ways we can improve our daily lives. I'm still learning every single day and I hope to keep learning in the future so I can share my findings with all of you. Each week, I will be discussing new topics such as nutrition, exercise, environment, wildlife, healthy and sustainable living, and overall how to coexist with our planet. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast and follow me on Instagram at studentsoftheearth underscore. Join me as we take note of the lessons we learn from the earth. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Students of the Earth. Thank you so much for tuning in this week for this week's episode. I'm really excited to have every single one of you listening this week since we'll be having a very special guest. Her name is Kirsten. She is a really good friend of mine, but she's actually Taylor's best friend. She is also the co-host of their own podcast called Hello Next Level Podcast with Taylor. Everybody knows Taylor is my girlfriend. So they're co-hosts together on Hello Next Level. So make sure to check them out for a great personal development podcast. And like I was saying, today we are going to be having Kirsten as our guest. And other than being awesome, Kirsten has a CPT certification through NASM or NASM. And for those of you who don't know, NASM provides certification programs for entry level and advanced practitioners in the sports medicine and performance enhancement and health and fitness industries. So a lot of really good, healthy, and fitness industries are certified through NASM. So the NASM CPT certification is accredited by the National Commission for Certifying Agencies, better known as the NCCA. And today we are going to be talking about all of the misinformation that we get on our day-to-day in terms of exercise, training, food, being healthy, and many, many more. So we're basically just going to take health and fitness and simplify it for us to understand it a little bit better and more easily as well. So let's all welcome Kirsten to Students of the Earth and jump right into this episode. So Kirsten, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm so excited that you're here. Hi, I am very excited. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk about this topic because it's something I'm passionate about. But as you guys probably know, we don't talk about that a lot on Hello Next Level. Like mm-hmm. fitness isn't something we cover. So it's really cool to like be here and having this conversation with G mm-hmm. and students of the earth. Perfect. No, like I said, we're really excited, you know, to have you here and I really appreciate it. And I'm definitely a fan of your guys' podcast. You know, I listen to it all the time, every single Sunday. Um, So I'm really happy that we get to talk a little bit more about what makes you, you know, like what's something that you have passion for. Like you said, maybe on Hello Next Level, you guys don't talk much about fitness, but I feel like that could also be a topic of personal development. Mm -hmm. So, you know, before we get started today on how to simplify health and fitness, I would like to know what kind of got you into, you know, the healthy and fitness, you know, like side and what made you like go and get like certified through NASM? What kind of started that journey for you? Oh, I feel like it started when I was a kid, honestly, like just going all the way back. I mean, my parents were pretty good about like generally like eat healthy food, exercise, move your body, that kind of stuff. But I remember from a young age and maybe it was because my dad lifted weights and my mom like kind of pushed us to like be healthier. 
um, it was something that interests me. And I was always thinking about like, how can I be healthier? Like I literally remember asking my stepdad, do you think I'll be super healthy and really skinny if I eat two buckets of broccoli a day? (laughs) And he was kind of like, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) Good try. So from there, like I just always kind of had a passion for it. But during Mm. high school, I didn't play any sports just because I lived really far away and I couldn't get to Mm. school. Like my parents wouldn't drive me that far. But as far as like the fitness side of it, I would always kind of like go on runs and I would do weird ab workouts in my room. But overall, I think and like just trigger warning, I like might talk about eating disorders and things on Mm -hmm. during this episode. So for any of you guys that struggle with that, just fair warning. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it came a point where I wasn't necessarily like purposely restricting my diet. I just had like this desire to be skinny. So Mm I just wouldn't eat much. I would go on runs like thinking that was the way to look good and healthy. Mm -hmm. And then slowly I kind of started to just follow different influencers that promoted weightlifting and like actually eating healthy and not eating like to be the smallest version of yourself possible. Mm -hmm. So I kind of fell in love with that. And then once I started going to the gym and lifting weights, I was able to, I don't know, kind of just change my relationship with food and my body. And like through that, I was like, oh, this is how you do it. Because it's kind of like you have to dig through all this misinformation. Mm -hmm. And finally, like I literally used to think that carbs were bad and I wouldn't eat Mm -hmm. bread. But at the same time, I would eat a ton of fruit, which like, I don't know, we'll get into that. But like, basically, that's what happened. And then from there, I just fell in love with weightlifting. And I ended up wanting to teach other people about it. And so I ended up getting certified, which I got certified like right when COVID happened and all the gym shut down. Yeah. Oh. And then I started my other business. So it's kind yeah. of like, I have this passion, but now I have this other business. So it's really mm-hmm. cool like to be here talking about it now. No, yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, I kind of... Sp- you know, had like a similar journey as well into, you know, becoming healthy and everything like that, starting at home. Um, my parents, especially my mom, she was a super, you know, healthy person her whole life. She hasn't had, you know, red meat and I don't know how long it's been like years and years and years, like a long time. I won't say how many because she probably wouldn't like me mentioning her age. <laughs> um, but kind of the same way, you know, like ever since I was a kid, you know, thanks to them, I kind of got into it. And as I got older, I started doing more research and eventually, you know, ended up doing this podcast, you know, to start sharing more information with everybody. So, you know, like kind of like the same as you, you're probably obviously a lot more invested into it. You know, I'm not <laughs> certified or anything, but that's why I, I wanted to bring you here, you know, because I like to bring people that are in the field and are certified or studied and have been around these different subjects that I want to cover on the podcast. So bringing you here, you know, so our listeners can listen to what you have to say, you know, really means a lot. And hopefully everybody can take something really good and positive out of this episode um, when it airs. But jumping more into, you know, like what fitness and nutrition and, you know, all these like different myths that we probably hear or don't want to believe or really do believe that are real or not. Um, You were mentioning earlier about having like, you know, withdrawals with certain foods and cutting things like carbs and things like that out of your diet um, because you thought they were bad for you. And that might not be the exact case. You know, for example, I'm talking about, you know, carbs, gluten, sugar, certain types of fats and everything like that. In terms of like, will these make us fat or should we cut them out of our diet? 
you know, these specific things, you know, what would you like to share in terms of that? Yeah, absolutely. And before I say anything about it, I just want to make the disclaimer that like, I'm not a doctor, a dietitian. And like, if you're listening to us, do your Mm. own research. If you're going to make any changes to your diet or your fitness plan, like consult your doctor, your dietitian or your trainer. Definitely. Don't listen to random stuff on the internet and take it to Mm -hmm. heart and and implement it that day, especially when it comes to your health. Um, For sure. But anyway... (laughs) With that note, so I used to think that, I mean, I feel like I've kind of demonized any food group because I don't know, growing up, you'd see things like, oh, don't eat too much pasta. It's going to make you fat or don't eat Mm. too much bread. It's going to make you fat or everyone's going gluten free now because they're trying to be skinny or sugar's bad for you. If you eat too much fat, it'll make you fat. And at the end of the day, they're all good. You should be eating a balanced diet filled with all of these things. Gluten Mm. doesn't alone make you fat so Mm. basically at the end of the day it's calories in versus calories out if you're in a calorie deficit meaning that you're eating less calories than your body needs to maintain its weight you're going to lose weight and if you're eating in a surplus which means you're eating more calories than your body needs to maintain its current weight you're going to gain weight and that's not to say that you could definitely be in an unhealthy calorie deficit and you could lose weight eating McDonald's all day. Not that you should, and that does not make you healthy, but certain macros don't inherently make you fat and neither does gluten or sugar. So just keep that in mind when you're making decisions. Like don't go gluten-free in hopes that you're going to become more fit or smaller and lose weight in some way because that's not the case. Exactly. No, I completely agree with that. Especially, I feel like I've talked about this specific topic so many times that I always go back to it. For those of you who have listened to my Blue Zones episode, you probably know what I'm talking about. And those of you who haven't, I'll mention it again. Um, In Sardinia, Italy, I don't know if you know about this person, but Sardinia, Italy is one of the Blue Zones, which are one of the areas around the world where people live the longest and healthiest, you know, and there's a there's a number of reasons as to why, but they actually lived or live more on a carb based diet than anything else. Like they do eat carbs, but it's like healthy carbs, you know, like they make their own pasta, they make their own um, raviolis and things like that. And they do consume meat throughout the month, maybe in less quantities. But, you know, they do have a lot of carbs in their diets. And these people are living up to be like a 100 and 100 plus years old. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're not overweight, you know, they're just being healthy and getting that calorie intake in the right amounts. And, you know, they're still like, you know, their their brains are still functioning extremely well, their motor skills are really good, too. And they've lived their whole lives consuming a lot of carbs, you know, Italy, they eat a lot of pasta, a lot of pizza, and, you know, things like that. So I think it's important to note too, like with the whole calorie deficit and surplus thing, Mm -hmm. it's much easier to lose weight if you're eating healthy foods, because they tend to have less calories for the volume of food that you're eating. Mm. So when you're eating something like a McDonald's cheeseburger, it's only like this big, but it's packed with calories. It's very calorie dense versus eating a big salad with maybe chickpeas or chicken or whatever you prefer is going to have less calories and be a more like a bigger volume of food for you. So it's easier to be Mm -hmm. in a calorie deficit when you're eating healthy foods. Mm -hmm. True. I completely agree with that, to be honest. And another myth in terms of like, you know, weight management, now that we're kind of talking about all the calorie intake and everything like that in terms of weight management, I feel like I see a lot of people online talking about keto and like how keto 
will make you lose weight and you know you have to have like a lot of keto in your diet and basically like that. i feel like i see that everywhere like when i'm on social media and i'm just scrolling like it's i always see a few people talking about that and you know i've heard i really don't know much about it i've done some research on it but i wanted to ask you on you know on the keto side um there's probably gonna be a lot of people that are gonna hate me for this but it's there's no reason necessarily that you should be doing keto especially if your goal is for weight loss True. because like we said going back like it's all about being in a calorie deficit if you want to lose mm -hmm. weight there's no reason to completely cut out carbs from your diet and eat a ton of fats i think mm -hmm. the reason why well one it's kind of like a buzzword right now like a fad diet like literally you see on every thing keto low carb everywhere but the reason why people lose weight during it is like you're severely restricting the types of food that you can eat. Mm -hmm. So you're you're probably eating less calories by accident because you have less access to food, especially mm -hmm. I remember considering keto forever ago, like here, when it first kind of came out and I was wondering why it worked or what even what people were eating. And I was like, I wouldn't be able to eat anything. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure there are plenty of keto recipes and mm -hmm. people who have done it who have you know, they have found recipes that work for them and they enjoy it. But if your goal is weight loss, you do not need to go on keto. And mm -hmm. I was curious. So I researched where this came from or why it became a thing. And originally the diet was for people who suffered from epilepsy hmm. because they found that going into ketosis helped them have less seizures. So it had nothing oh. to do with necessarily being healthy or losing weight it was for something else and I have no idea if that's something that still applies today or even works mm -hmm. but to be honest everyone preaching keto I think it's kind of bs but mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no and like you said you know it's it was something that was you know was invented to treat something else Mm -hmm. And I guess some people saw it as an opportunity, you know, to try to bring information to the public through social media, especially as a way to lose weight. And as we keep talking about the same subject about losing weight, there's been this idea in this like stigma. I feel like here in the United States and a bunch of other different countries where if you are skinny, you are considered a healthy person. And I personally don't think that this is anywhere near true. Like it doesn't matter how your physical appearance really looks as long as like, you know, everything that you're putting in your body is really, you know, like the best stuff, like the best food, the best nutrition. And I don't know. I, I don't know. To me, that kind of that kind of sucks. You know, this whole idea of like, if you're skinny, you're basically healthy. Well, obviously, it's obvious when it's like really far on one end of the spectrum where you're too skinny and people call you out for that, which is just no one should be commenting on your body either way, no matter what you look like in the first place. But being skinny doesn't necessarily mean you're healthy. And yeah, obviously, if you're morbidly obese, you probably have some health mm -hmm. concerns yeah. as well. But being healthy, there's so many factors that go into your health and you can't really judge some, someone's health by just looking at how their body looks. When I was at my smallest and skinniest, no one would have noticed, but I was the most unhealthy I had ever been. Like I was not eating enough food. I was not eating enough of anything. I wasn't getting enough sleep. I wasn't exercising. Like I was so, so, so unhealthy, mm -hmm. but 
no one said anything about it because I looked normal. Mm. I was small. I I wasn't obese or Mm. fat or a little chunky or anything. So I think, yeah, definitely just don't judge a book by its cover in other words and focus on your own health. Like you don't need to be talking about everybody else's. Very true. Very true. And you know, like we just said, like it doesn't mean like if you're skinny, it doesn't mean you're necessarily healthy. I know a lot of people that I've met throughout my whole life that they look like they're really healthy, but they probably eat the worst type of food in you know <laughs> the world. Who knows? It might be their metabolism. It might be some type of genetic makeup that they have. And that helps them not gain weight. You know, yeah, there's definitely a difference between eating to be healthy and eating to lose weight mm-hmm. and training to be healthy and training to lose weight. And I think it's important to incorporating some sort of resistance training or mm. as well as like eating healthy because over time as we age, like our bodies naturally, we lose muscle. So mm-hmm. we kind of need to keep that up. And if True. you're just skinny and you're not exercising, you're not doing anything, then you're kind of just allowing your body to waste away essentially. Yeah. And you're going to have imbalances and issues with your posture and just a lot of issues in general. So it's not a good judgment to be like, oh, they're thin. They must be really fit. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So obviously in the long run, it would not be, you know, good for us or for our body. And in terms of like training, I feel like this is another one. I feel like we're we're just like <laughs> taking on the world right now and like yeah. telling everybody, hey, this is wrong. This is wrong. <laughs> but I feel like a lot of people believe that one of the main ways for them to lose weight if they're trying to lose weight um, is to do a lot of cardio. And I've always heard that that's really not the answer just to train and do a lot of cardio. That's the way that you're really going to lose a lot of weight. Obviously, there has to be a combination of exercise and eating and training a certain way in order for you to lose weight. But yeah, like this notion of doing a lot of cardio I feel like that's, you know, that's not right. No, no, no. I used to, I honestly used to think the same exact thing. Like I said, when I was younger, I would go on runs a lot. And again, I was going in with the intention of trying to be the smallest version of myself possible and basically whittle my body away into a ghost. But I would go on runs and I mean, good thing I didn't know this now because that would not have (laughs) been a good thing. But (laughs) cardio is not the best way to lose weight. Obviously, you should be doing it for your heart health. But Mm. overall, um, and it is, I'll say that I do use it when I'm in a cut to as like an addition to shave Mm. off some extra calories each day. But overall, you would have to do hours of cardio Mm -hmm. to lose weight. So I think the best way is honestly resistance training, doing a little bit of cardio and just being in a calorie deficit. And I want to stress that not everybody is in a position to be eating in a calorie deficit. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean you should be starving yourself and eating nothing um you should be in a healthy place and your metabolism should be at a level where you're able to eat in a calorie deficit and not starve yourself so if you need more information on that talk to a dietitian but yes. um overall with that you can also go into a reverse diet which is basically where you slowly add more calories on and mm-hmm. increase your metabolism to that point but at the end of the day cardio is not the end-all be-all to losing weight No, yeah, definitely. I, you know, I'm so happy that you brought that up and you like confirmed it really because I don't know, I feel like I see a lot of people, you know, you know, working out and running through like neighborhoods, you know, I've gotten into conversations with some people and they, you know, they told me, yeah, you know, like I'm trying to like lose a little bit of weight. I've only been doing cardio for the past like couple months and there's been like no resistance training or potentially no really good changes in the diet either. 
in the end, it's really not the main answer. The best thing to do is just to get more information on how to be more healthy. And if you're trying to lose weight to do that as well. But then like you were saying, you know, for the whole calorie intake and how much food you need to consume and everything like that, I've always heard that, that you need to eat a lot of meals throughout the day in order to speed up your metabolism. And I personally believe this for the longest time. So I used to eat a lot of meals throughout the day, but they used to be in smaller portions. So they would be like, not, it wasn't like big, big portions, but it was like smaller than the usual, but I will try to eat like five to six meals throughout the day to try to speed up my metabolism. And I believe this for the longest time, but then I found out that that's not really the case. Right. No, I I also was <laughs> fell subject to that yeah. um, myth too. But after you eat a meal, like just because of the thermic effect of food, mm. you will burn some calories, but it's not enough to make it worth it to eat a bunch of meals throughout the day. Honestly, whatever feels good for you. If you want to mm. eat three meals in the day, that's fine. If you want to eat small meals each day, that's also fine. It's mm-hmm. not going to speed up your metabolism. If you're, if you've been chronically dieting for a while and your metabolism has slowed down because of it, I would recommend going on a reverse dieting program of some sort and also resistance training to build lean muscle mass, which will also increase your metabolism. Mm-hmm. But as far as the like <laughs> eating small meals throughout the day thing, you don't have to, like you can mm-hmm. do it if that's what you like. But again, going back to like Calories in versus calories out. Keep that in mind with all of these myths and things that you hear because, Mm -hmm. again, like as long as you're still eating the right amount of calories for you and your body and your goals, you'll lose weight or you'll gain weight depending on whatever your goal is. So don't worry about the frequency of your meals. No, I feel like that's something that, you know, a lot of us really need to pay attention to, you know, again, the calorie intake and how how many calories you actually need to be putting into your body, depending on the training that you're doing. But really, now that we kind of got into like, in terms of like quantity, and like how much you're actually putting in your body, you know, this also brings up another question and another topic in terms of like training, and how you're training in the gym, and the notion of like overtraining. You know, when I was in college, uh, playing baseball, and I was, you know, had a really strict and really, you know, long training sessions, you know, in the gym and outside and everything like that. I remember I did experience a little bit of fatigue because you want to be able to compete against other schools and even against your own teammates. I did experience some overtraining. I remember I had a few symptoms of like, you know, like my muscles were really tired and I didn't have a lot of energy. Sure. Like I look great and stuff, but my body couldn't keep up with it. And I feel like a lot of people do get scared of the whole overtraining side of it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, I feel like if you really don't have any symptoms just yet, then you you're probably still okay. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Overtraining is definitely I mean, it definitely can happen. But it's something that happens over a long period of time. Like for you, obviously, Mm -hmm. it happened over a long period of time. And you were playing a sport, you Mm -hmm. were an athlete, like, For the average person, unless you're elite athlete or you're going to the gym every single day and you're training really hard, it's it's probably not going to happen. Like I was Mm -hmm. reading a 
statistic the other day that was saying only 23% of us actually reached the minimum activity level to be just like baseline healthy. Yeah, exactly. So we could, we could all afford to probably train a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But if you are someone who is going to the gym every single day, overtraining is something that happens when there's an imbalance between the amount of training and mm-hmm. recovery. So you're not going to have one super intense workout or even like a few intense workouts and then suddenly you're overtrained. It's something that happens over a long period of time. But if you are worried about it, some of the symptoms, as G was saying, was fatigue, like extreme muscle soreness, like you can't recover after your workouts. Mm -hmm. Um, Even the opposite of fatigue, like insomnia, like you can't get to sleep at night. And then definitely over time, you'll notice a decrease in your performance and not Mm -hmm. like you can't hit your set Mm -hmm. one day of the week that week because you were a little bit tired, but like over time, you'll notice your performance start to go down. So just listen to your body. And at that point, make adjustments to your training program. But also be honest with yourself. Like, are you just tired that day? And you just don't really feel like working out. But definitely, yeah, don't train seven days a week. Don't train when your muscles are sore. Don't Mm -hmm. like, obviously, if I hit legs yesterday, and I'm really sore, I'm not going to hit them today, like just doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense. And also rest days are just as important as training days like sometimes Mm. the best thing you can do is take a rest day but hold yourself accountable listen to your body all those things completely completely agree with that and you know i'm a firm believer of you know doing everything in moderation obviously there's you know people out there that want to hit certain goals in their fitness careers you know we all do that's something that you know has always been something that everybody wants to attain it's like hey you know what i want to work out because I want to look a certain way and that's totally okay, you know, but also listen to your body because, you know, your mind could be telling you, Hey, you know, I want to do this, but your body might be telling you something completely different. And trust me, if you listen to your body, when it's telling you that something's not right, you're going to, you know, like it's going to be good for you just to do that in general, you know? So, but moving on now that we're talking about training, another thing that I've heard a lot in people mentioning and everything like that is for you know, for girls, I've heard that so many times, like if a girl lifts a lot of weights, that she's just going to be really bulky. And like, that's not good or anything like that. And for some reason, I don't know why where this started or anything like that. But it doesn't mean like, if a girl is lifting weights, that she's just going to become bulky overnight, you know, you have to like train a certain way in order to become bulky. That's the same thing for us guys. Like, you know, if I'm only doing resistance training, or lifting weights, it doesn't mean that I'm going to become, you know, super bulky or get shredded overnight. It's like the same thing. And I don't know. know. It's just, yeah, it's, it's so frustrating, too, Mm -hmm. because I don't know, there'll be girls who are like, Oh, I can't lift heavy because I don't want to get big. I'm like, I wish I wish it was that easy Mm -hmm. to just go in the gym and lift weights and then become bulky because that's the goal. But no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But overall, no, that's not true. Unless you're on like, extreme amount of steroids or something Mm -hmm. and you've been training for years and years and years and years and years and years you're Mm -hmm. not going to end up looking like really bulky or Mm -hmm. manly i think a lot of girls are worried about looking manly yeah it's probably not going to happen honestly lifting weights is going to make you look really good Mm -hmm. um if you want a big booty lift weights (laughs) there you go person you said it. want abs lift weights if you want i don't want to use the word toned we're probably going to talk about this later but yep. lean arms lift weights like it's just going to make you look good and 
it's so good for your health as well. Like there are so many benefits to lifting weights. It'll improve your posture, your bone density, your metabolism. Like I said earlier, you'll have a leaner, curvier physique over time. Like there are just so many benefits and being bulky shouldn't scare you off. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's something that happens over time as well. Trust me. A lot of people say, well, you you'll see results in like two, three months, two to three months. You'll see results. Yeah. You might see some results, but just like everything else, you know, it's something that you got to work for and it's something that you got to train and just adapt your body to it, you know, and eventually you will see, you know, good results. So if you're looking to get certain goals, you know, by lifting weights and, you know, doing really good, healthy exercises, then it's going to take time. You know, there's a lot of really good information you can find online in order to attain these goals. So just stick with it. And eventually, you know, you'll definitely reach these goals that you've been trying to get. So you mentioned tone. And I know a lot of people talk about, oh, I want to tone a certain area of my body. Like, I just want to, I have so many friends. I, I'm, I'm going to brag a little bit about myself. And I, I have really big and like nice calves. I don't know, you know, like I've it, I've always had them, but my calves are, you know, they're pretty, you know, they're pretty big and toned. And a lot of my friends have always asked me, dude, what do you do? Like, how can I get my calves to be like yours? Like in the gym, I do calves all the time. And I'm like, dude, if I'm being honest with you, like that's just my genetics. Like I've mm-hmm. always been like that, no matter how big I was or how like skinny I've been throughout my life, you know, but I've never specifically tried toning that area of my body, like a lot of my friends have tried, you know, through our, like our college career, or even nowadays, they're still trying to like tone their calves, for example. Mm -hmm. I like that you brought up calves, because I feel like that's such a big thing for guys lift weights, (laughs) like their calves, like my boyfriend has, he thinks he has, I need to word myself carefully. He thinks he has small calves and it frustrates (laughs) him, but I think it's mostly genetics on honestly Mm -hmm. when it comes to calves. But as far as toning goes, it's not a thing. You can't spot reduce fat. Like you can't Mm -hmm. just be like, oh, I want abs. I'm gonna do a bunch of crunches. Mm -hmm. Doing ab exercises will build the muscle underneath so that when you lose the fat on top of it, that's what's revealed underneath. Mm -hmm. But you can't pick where you lose fat. When you're losing fat it's genetics wherever you store it. Like I luckily tend to not store a lot in my stomach and I, Mm -hmm. my fat is like more evenly distributed, like more in my legs and my arms. So Mm -hmm. that's actually the first place I lose it and the last place I gain it, but it's going to be different for you. It's Mm going to be different for Taylor. It's different for everybody, but you can't spot reduce. You just need to overall one build muscle. So there's Mm -hmm. something beneath your fat to reveal when you cut down. And then once you lose the fat you Mm. don't really have a choice it just you have to lose it all over exactly which i mean it kind of sucks like i wish we could pick and choose but just not how it is yeah and that's true like you said it's like everybody's different you know like we all have our own genetic makeup and we all look a certain way and everybody you know everyone's body is you know completely beautiful and you know we all got to learn to just accept ourselves and i know sometimes Mm -hmm. you know even like myself sometimes i wish i had you know, bigger biceps. And no matter how many curls I do in the gym, you know, they'll get to a certain point. But if I want them to get like, for example, super big, then I will have to like go through like more intense training for long periods of time. And Mm -hmm. that's something that I don't want to do. And, you know, I like how I look now, you know, but if I look at my calves, I don't really have to work them out that much, you know, because they're already like where I want them to be. Mm -hmm. And it's like a genetic makeup. My 
dad is like that. My mom is like that. And, you know, my forearms too. I know guys are always like talking about their forearms and that's another thing that I already have. You know, it's just, it's just knowing your body really yeah. not trying to just focus on just one thing. And if you think you're going to lose weight on one specific area, it's not really going to be that. So yeah. I'm, I'm really glad we actually talked about that. But then there's another, if we want to talk more on like the nutrition side, something that's always been kind of like a fad, I feel like is these oh. detoxes. Honestly, yeah. I feel like huh, I, 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 if I start counting the people that have talked to me about detoxes in my lifetime and how many times they've been like, you need to try it. And I'm like, no, that actually sounds really bad for you. <laughs> like <laughs> I've never done one and I really don't want to do one, but I don't know. I want to hear your, your thoughts on these detoxes that are so famous. When I was younger, I tried to do a juice cleanse mm-hmm. and it lasted about one day. It's just, I don't know. There's no reason for you to detox your mm-hmm. body. Your body does it yourself. If you feel like you're being really unhealthy, maybe you, you've eaten a lot of junk food that week or something. And you're like, yeah. wow, I, I really need to do a detox or, you know, the mm-hmm. like ones where you just drink tea. No, yeah, that's it. Tea, there's like no <laughs> calories in tea. That is so unhealthy. Mm-hmm. I can't it's just water. Even, you're literally starving yourself. And mm-hmm. also if you're doing it to lose weight, you'll probably just lose some water weight for that week. Mm-hmm. Yep. And maybe because you're not consuming any calories, but overall, it's not good for you. There's no reason to do it. If you feel like you're being, you've been unhealthy for a while and you really feel like you need a detox, just drink a lot of water, eat healthier foods. Exactly. Just nourish your body. You don't need to turn to some sort of like tea, magical tea yep. to rid your body of all these toxins because mm-hmm. you don't even know what toxins you're ridding your body. What are, no, no, <laughs> no. All I can say is absolutely, if you see anything that's like detox, detox, mm-hmm. juice cleanse, cleanse yourself. Just say no. Yeah. It's like and, drugs. Just say no. Yeah. And like, you know, there's definitely a lot of like, for example, you know, obviously, you know, like tea is good for you. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah tea is good for you. Juice is good for you. But not just that. Like you earlier, you were saying you wanted to eat like 10 buckets of broccoli. <laughs> yeah. You know, broccoli is great for you but not just broccoli. You can't just Mm -hmm. eat broccoli. You need, if you just eat broccoli, guess what? Something's going to go wrong with your body. Like same thing. If you just drink tea or do this cleanse, it's not going to be good. Our bodies are not designed for that, you know? So like you said, eat healthier and yeah, sure. I drink tea every day, you know, either at night or in the morning when I'm at work, but I still follow my same, you know, healthy diet. So I like that you said that because along with just eating healthy foods, mm-hmm. it might even be healthy for you to have like candy sometimes for yeah. your mental health, like eat foods that you enjoy. Don't restrict yourself and say, I can only have vegetables and yeah. meat or whatever. If you're plant-based, whatever your diet is, mm-hmm. like give yourself a little flexibility to have the things that are like just fun foods. Like yeah. a lot of people, which I like talk about following the 80, 20 rule or 80% of it is just really healthy, good mm-hmm. nutrient dense foods that include all macros. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. And <laughs> of the time they eat things that they just enjoy, like maybe ice cream or chocolate or they go to Taco Bell once in a while. (laughs) It's not, you don't have to be perfect all the time to be healthy. And I think eating the fun foods is just as important for your health as Mm -hmm. eating everything else. So definitely just have a balance. 
Definitely. That I'm I now I'm glad you said that the whole balance thing. I've always, you know, in the podcast and previous episodes, you know, for everybody listening, you know that I've always said that you don't have to be a hundred percent of anything. You know, I'm personally I have a more vegetarian diet, but it's not a hundred percent vegetarian. You know, sometimes I try to go a little bit more vegan than vegetarian. And sometimes I do consume animal products, but when I do, I try for them to be you know, 100% like organic or pasture raised or, you know, things like that. But I would say right now, my diet is probably like 85% vegetarian. And then the rest of the 15% is still contains like animal products. But guess what? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I feel like I'm good and I'm healthy like that. And it's also good for my mental health as well. You know, because a lot of people might like you were saying, oh, I can't have vegetable. I only I can only have vegetables and nothing else. And, you know, but maybe one day you just want a little bit of, I don't know, a popsicle or something like that, Mm -hmm. you know, to like, because you feel like you just want it and that's totally okay. And I personally feel like, you know, if more people around the world follow that same rule, like you said, maybe an 80, 20, like if 80% of your meals are vegan or vegetarian and the rest do contain good quality, solid animal products, like the world would be completely different. But Mm -hmm. nowadays, you know, a lot of our diets are solely focused on animal products and everything around it. But like you said, the whole balance thing, if there's a balance, you know, there's always going to be good, but there can't be more of one than the other, you know, of anything that that applies Mm -hmm. to everything in life, you know, there always Mm -hmm. has to be a balance. But now that we're talking about things that you can, you know, consume and not consume before we wrap things up here, I've always also heard this thing that if you can't pronounce something that's in a product, like in in the ingredients or something like that, that you shouldn't eat it if it's something that you don't know. You know, I, I get that in the whole like processed foods and everything like that, but I don't know the genetic makeup of a banana. Like there's definitely stuff in there. Yeah. There's potassium in there. Cool. Potassium. Yeah. It's good for me, whatever. But there's a bunch of stuff in there too, that I don't know what it is. Does that mean I'm not going to eat a banana or something like that? Yeah. I absolutely hate that. And I think (laughs) a lot, some people, okay. I won't say a lot. Some people I think use that to like food shame people. If Mm. they see you eating a candy bar or something, they're like, did you read the ingredient list? Can you pronounce all the things in that whatever and mm. i'm like can you pronounce all the ingredients in an apple or a banana or anything so mm. as far as that whole rule goes i just throw it out the window do your research like we said eat a balanced diet i don't know i just don't think you should be like wow i can't pronounce some there are so many things i can't pronounce and yeah. i still i'm gonna eat it so oh, trust me there's there's a lot of stuff out there <laughs> yeah that's frustrating and i i just personally really hate that one because I think Karen's sorry anyone who is named Karen who's not a Karen Karen's use it to food shame people and be like well you're being unhealthy because you can't pronounce that ingredient on the back of the label so I wanted to mention before the end of this that I heard some other fitness influencer say this and I really liked it and I can't remember who it was so Mm. don't give me credit for this But he was talking about the best diet for you is the one that you can do forever that you can sustain Mm -hmm. long term. So keep that in mind. Like, I think that will help a lot of people steer clear of these like fad diets where you cut out something and or diet down in a super, super extreme way, Mm -hmm. because you can't do that. Think about it. You cannot sustain that for a long period of time. And with that said, in any 
situation where you're cutting your calories in a healthy way Mm -hmm. to lose weight, you should also reverse your calories back. Like I said, because you can't just be chronically dieting for a while and then go back to eating normally because your metabolism will slow down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so then you're just going to gain the weight back immediately. And then that's where that whole like yo-yo dieting thing kind of happens for people. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, you basically just, you know, covered everything right there at the very end. So, you know, everybody out there listening, you know, I want to say thank you for tuning in and thank Kirsten for coming to Students of the Earth. You know, it was really, really nice having her here. Right now, I'm just going to, you know, give you the floor. Anything else you would like to add at the end here for everybody listening, you know, in terms of like how we try to simplify healthy eating and healthy habits and working out how to make it more simple to understand and not let all this information, you know, overwhelm you or misinformation out there, you know, influence your decisions a lot. So Kirsten, you know, like the floor is yours. Is there anything you'd like to add? I would just say ultimately do your research, find Mm -hmm. if you're going to follow influencers, find influencers that you can tell actually do their research and know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And even with that, like, don't, don't listen to one person say something and then apply it to your life. Like definitely do your research Mm -hmm. and find out what works for you don't do any fat diets. That's all I have to say. Hey, that's, that's honestly super great advice, really. So you guys heard it here on students of the earth with Kirsten Benson. You want to talk a little bit more about hello next level? All I have to say is you guys should definitely check out our podcast. Taylor and I would love to have you on. We talk about all things, personal development, mindset tips. It's kind of like sitting down, having a cup of coffee with two best friends, which we are two best friends, but you can be our new best friend. So come join us over there. Yes, definitely. Always welcome new listeners and everybody. So everyone out there, make sure to go check them out. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'll see you on the next one and take care.